You are Locked On Boston College, your daily podcast on the Boston College Eagles, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, hello. Welcome to Locked On Boston College. This is AJ Black. I am the editor and publisher of BC Bulletin. Welcome. We have a packed show today. We're going to talk a lot about some different topics that are going along with Boston College. Now, there is not a lot of news today. Sometimes, you know, every episode of Locked On Boston College, it's become almost a, tr- a tradition now to start it off with the news, whether it's with coaching rumors, recruiting updates. Whether it's, you know, COVID stuff with games being canceled or postponed. That's usually how we start these episodes off. But I can honestly say today, there's really only a few little itsy-bitsy news things. And they're not honestly all that important. First of all, Ohio State linebackers coach Al Washington, who used to play for Boston College. We talked about it yesterday. There's a possibility that he ends up as the new defensive coordinator at Tennessee. They have made the offer to him from what I've heard, but he has not accepted it yet. It sounds like there's a last-minute push by Ryan Day and the Ohio State staff to keep him there. So we'll have to keep our eyes locked on that. I've heard rumors that he's going to turn down the Tennessee job, but that's not anything substantial as of yet. And the other piece is the USCO or USCHO uh, poll for hot college hockey still has Boston College at number one. Even with their loss this weekend to Boston University, they still remain number one with 28 first place votes. So that's good for the Eagles. We still have not heard who they're going to play against next week, uh, but stay tuned. That should be coming soon. So on today's show, the things I wanted to talk about, I have three topics. I thought they were kind of just fun things to, to think about. This is not like a a drilling in and anal- analyzing a specific game coming up or previewing anything. This is just kind of Boston College thoughts with AJ. So today, I want to talk about a particular staff member that moved on from Boston College football and why I don't think it's as big of a deal as some people do. Uh, I want to talk about Phil Jerkovic. In his ceiling, I thought of something I wanted to to bring up on that topic. And then off the field, I want to talk about super fans and in terms of what that looks like and, and where BC should go back to in terms of that piece. So let's kick it off. Let's talk about a one coach from Boston College that left. Now, if you've been following along with Locked On Boston College, you know that BC uh, the coaching staff has not lost anyone this offseason. You know, there's been rumors, but nothing really all that substantial for any of their coaching staff to move to another position. However, there is what's called support staff on the on the roster. These are the, the coaches that are not like linebackers coaches or anything like that. They're like the analysts. They're the ex the the grad assistants, you know, those support staff that are behind the scenes, you don't ever really talk about them. And the name that you may have heard, maybe haven't heard, is Jonathan DiBiaso, who was a quarterback for Dartmouth. He came from Everett and ended up being a grad assistant with Jeff Halfley's staff in the last year. Now, if you followed along on Twitter, he was a guy that was always very engaging, very into talking with the players and like getting the recruits to come to Boston College. Now, I saw a lot of like people on, you know, various sites, you know, freaking out because they said that BC's recruiting is going to take a dive because DiBiaso is gone. 
Now, make no bones about it. I think Jonathan DiBiaso is going to be a good coach at some point. I think he's going to grow into one. He's going to be a name you're going to want to watch. You know, his dad, he was the head coach at Everett forever. Uh, you know, so a, a big school in Massachusetts that produced, you know, Lucas Dennis, Manny Esprilla, and Jonathan DiBiase, who set all sorts of passing records when he was there. So he has the pedigree to become a good coach. He's already starting his training. Now he's heading to Vanderbilt. Now, I've, I also saw people thinking, oh my gosh, now Vanderbilt's going to start taking recruits from Massachusetts. Please remember, Jonathan DiBiase was a grad assistant. Don't don't inflate what his value was to this program. He's like fifth step down below, you know, the head coach, the director of player personnel, the offensive coordinator, you know, all of the different steps before him. You know, he's kind of the grunt guy. So losing him yeah, you'd love to see him come back to Boston College, and who knows? He might, you know, with the way he's building up his resume, he could be back at Boston College. But it's not that big of a deal. Boston's, you know, Jeff Halfley is not going to suffer in Massachusetts because he lost his grad assistant who has ties to Everett. That's silly. So, you know, you wish the kid the best. He's going to go to Vanderbilt. But, there, you know, Vanderbilt is not a school that is going to beat Boston College for local recruits. It's an SEC school that's great, but they're just like Don Brown at Arizona, these are not two schools that are going to really attract a ton of you know Northeast um, recruits. They may get some kids, but I'm not you know the high end kids in this area are not going to pick Vanderbilt over Boston College if Jeff Halfley keeps the program going where they're supposed to be going. So it's I, I saw this and I was like, people are are really worried about this, huh? I guess. I, I don't see it. I don't see it being a big deal. You know, I don't see him. He's going to be like an offensive analyst. So he's like taking that next baby step up in coaching. That's what they're supposed to do. But it's not like he's going to Vanderbilt as the offensive coordinator and he's going to really, you know, rip up our, our, our offers that are up in the New England area. I just don't see that happening. So, you know, there's smaller roles and we're going to get more, you know, offensive you know, uh, grads, assistants, and things like that. They always come in. Sean Duggan was one, and Al Washington started it as one. So these guys start, it's just how they start their careers, and then they move on, and they get more experience, and they learn under new coaches. So my my main point is, this is not that big of a deal for Boston College to lose him, because that's just part of the game. And also, Jonathan DiBiaso is not going to, you know, throw a monkey wrench in Boston College recruiting. It's just not going to happen. Uh, so wish him well. He's off to Nashville to to work with Clark Lay and his staff in Vanderbilt. Now, in a moment, I'm going to talk about Phil Jerkovic. And I want to look at what, you know, we talk about his value. What could it be next year? What could 2021 hold for Phil Jerkovic? But let's chat a little bit about rockauto.com. RockAuto.com is a family business that gets you the best deals on all the car parts you need for whatever kind of car you drive. Whether it is a control module, they got that. Brake pads, check. Tail lamps, all over it. Motor oil, gotcha. They've got it all. And whether it's a classic or a daily driver, you're going to get everything you need in a few easy clicks. And it's going to be delivered directly to your door at a price 
that's ha- it's a fraction of what you'd pay at a dealership or some of those other stores. RockAuto.com has a catalog that is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. Quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brands, specifications, and prices you prefer. Best of all, prices are reliably low and the same for everyone. Now, when you head over to rockauto.com, you make your purchase. I want you to write locked on in their how did you hear about us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. Now, if you are a sports fan, I want to tell you about Locked On Today. Get more of the sports news you need in less time with our new Locked On Today podcast. Peter Bukowski hosts Locked On Today, a daily podcast breaking down the biggest stories with analysis from our local experts. Start your day with the sports news you need in under 20 minutes. Subscribe to Locked On Today wherever you get your podcasts. If you have not done so already, follow us on social media at LockedOnBC. Or you can find us on Twitter at Boston College SI. All right, let's jump into football. I, I know yesterday we talked a lot about basketball, and I, I know sometimes you guys are just not. You, we need a palate cleanser. Let's talk about the football team because I know that's that's really what gets you going. So, I wanted to talk about uh, Phil Dracovic today. Now on BC Bulletin earlier today, I wrote about the quarterback position room and looked at some of the players that are coming in, some of the players that are returning, and and talk about how. The spring football should impact all of them and what they should be aiming to do heading into the 2021 season. Now, on top of that depth chart is Phil Dracovic. Obviously, we all know who he is. He had a dynamic first year at Boston College. After transferring from Notre Dame, he was starter day one and threw for 2,500 yards plus and really, you know, revolutionized Boston College's offense. What we saw out of him was a kid that could throw the ball. He could tuck it and run. He's a big kid. You know, obviously he's about 250, built like Ben Roethlisberger with a great arm. You know, the the sky's the limit. So when I say the sky's the limit, that's like, that's just like empty, you know, euphemism. But what is the limit? What is, what is the, where is the ceiling for Phil Dracovic? Because we saw last year that he could be one of the better to top uh, ACC quarterbacks. He definitely was not at the level of, you know, Sam Howell or um, Trevor Lawrence or even DJ Lele. I didn't think he was there yet. But was he better than Derek King? Sure. I think he was definitely better than Derek King. I thought he was better than, I would say, most of, if not all the other ACC quarterbacks they saw we saw out there. And I, I don't think that's very... Uh, you know, controversial thinking right there. That's what most people would say. He's probably the third after 2020. He's probably number three or four in terms of the best quarterbacks in the ACC. But could he even get better than that? Now, DJ on Clemson, I think he's, you know, he's Heisman level. Could Phil Dracovic get there? And there's a few things that Dracovic's going to have to do to to get to the top level, to get up to, you know, the best in the ACC, to to be right in that conversation with like a Sam Howell or DJ. He's gotta he's gotta improve on some of his decision makings, and I think he can do that. 
Now, the big issue with Dracovic this season was that I thought sometimes he held on to the ball too long. And that ended up with get him getting hit. And eventually, it ended up with him getting hurt twice when he hurt his shoulder and hurt his leg. So I think one thing that Dracovic is going to improve on is making his reads a little faster. Now, it's his first year as a starter. He's, you know, he's learning the collegiate speed on the field. You know, at Notre Dame, he got plenty of scout team time. This is a different animal. Now he's got to learn to get rid of the ball. And if he can figure out, not, you know, he's a type of guy, he's going to hold on to the ball at different points. But I want to see Dracovic holding on to it and getting rid of it before he gets hit because he was getting hit a lot last year. And that was because he just held on to it too long. So that would be something to get him up to that next level, to get him to, you know, right below DJ Ugalagalele or to make him one of the best in the ACC. You know, I think, honestly, you're looking at, at Phil Dracovic. He threw for, you know, almost 260 yards a game in a year where there were some games where he didn't even, you know, the Syracuse game, for instance, he didn't really throw the ball all that often. Um, I think he could get closer to 300 yards a game. I think that's not out of the realm of possibilities. And so if he throws for, you know, 300 plus and averages that, he's going to throw for, you know, 3,200, 3,400 yards in a season. And that's going to put him in the top 20, so he's not really there yet. What Phil Dracovic would need to do, to at least if you're looking for padding stats, he's going to throw for like 375 averaging per game, and that's that's a lot. But he has the weapons to do it. My gosh, you know, you hit Zay Flowers in one pass, you have 80 yards. You have 75 yards right there. So could Phil Dracovic get to... You know, if he gets to like 3,900, almost 4,000 yards, he's in the top five. I don't know if he could. You know, the way that BC tries to balance their offense, if you looked at 2019, let's use them as as an example for the statistic analysis. Obviously, Joe Burrows is number one, and he he was in a league of his own. That's numbers that will never be top, 5,600 yards. After him is an air raid uh, quarterback, Anthony Gordon. Another air raid quarterback, Cole McDonald of Hawaii. So we have Washington State, Hawaii. And then you start getting the other quarterbacks. It's around 4,000 yards. So you had Brady White of Memphis, Brock Purdy of Iowa State, Shane Buscelli of SMU. Those are the kind of guys. So he, he could easily get in the top five um, as long as you know he can manage. He'd be behind a few guys that are going to be air raid quarterbacks which honestly Boston College kind of did a little bit this year at different points. So my thought, I, I could see I could see Phil Dracovic becoming an all-ACC quarterback. Maybe not next year, but may, you know, maybe his, his final year, if, if he plays three years for Boston College, maybe he gets one big year where he wins the Davey. I think he could, I think his limit is, you know, the Davey O'Brien, you know, Johnny Unitas Golden Arm Award. Getting those types of things, I could see Phil Dracovic doing that. And honestly, he'd have to do quite a bit to get into the Heisman candidacy. But is it out of the realm of possibilities that Phil Dracovic could do that? I honestly think he could. You know, he's he's the he's a winner. I think that's the big thing. Like you see his intangibles, you see his tangibles. What he does is win. And he's as long as he continues to build on his decision-making, making making his reads correctly. 
I think he's going to get even better and better. So I'm, I'm, I'm putting it out there right now. I'm saying that Phil Dracovic is going to be a first-round draft pick when he leaves. I'm going to say he's going to end up possibly as an All-American at some point. And at least once, he's going to be in the Heisman talk. Whether he's a Heisman finalist, I can't say that yet. But I think that's where his ceiling is going to be. And that's pretty exciting off of just one season. And you may say that I'm, I'm blowing him up too much, but you saw what we saw in a weird season. And it's only going to go up from here, folks. So strap in. It's going to be a fun year with, with Phil Jakovic. Fun two years. Uh, as he continues to grow with Boston College. Now, in our final segment, I want to talk about super fandom. And I have some thoughts about where this school needs to go uh, in terms of those fans. But I want to also kind of chat, first of all, about betonline.ag. Football is over, but there is so much more going on in the world with basketball, college basketball, NBA, NHL, reality shows. You head over to betonline.ag, you can bet on them all. They have prop bets, they have over-unders, you name it, they have it. And there's only one place that has you covered, and one place we trust, and that's betonline.ag. All you do is you head on over there, you sign up today for a free account, and use promo code Locked On, and they're going to give you a 50% welcome bonus. And you know the books, they hate giving out money but they're going to do that right away for you. So if you put in $100, they're going to give you $50. That's a win right there. So don't sit on the sidelines anymore. Get in on the action and don't forget to use the promo code locked on to receive a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. February is Black History Month and the Locked On Podcast Network is honoring the challenges and success of black men and women in sports with a new series called Locked On Presents more than the game. This week, Candace Cooper of Locked On Tar Heels and Erica Ayala of Locked On Women's Basketball discuss the opportunities and challenges that come with being a black woman in sports. Subscribe to the Locked On Presents podcast feed on the Radio.com app or wherever you get your podcasts. Locked On Boston College, AJ Black here. So we are talking about super fans now. So I've talked about football. I talked about basketball. Now, obviously, being a spectator at Boston College Sports is something in itself. Now, you could joke about it and say basketball is, you know, it's Conte Morg, there's no one there. But you look at the football games, you look at hockey, and the fans are still ravenous. And when they can go back, they're going to go. They're going to go there and they're going to support their teams. Now, Boston College has struggled to really find traditions that really mark what they have for any of their programs. You have you have some things here and there, whether now it's the touching of the eagle before going into alumni stadium or, you know, certain songs that are played after goals for hockey games. They have little things here and there. But what really defines a fan base in college sports? It's the colors. You watch a certain team, you know who you're watching by the colors of their fans in terms of the clothing that they wear. You know, when you watch a UNC game, you, they have the, the the powder blue, you know, Duke, blue and white. You see it, you know, burnt, t- uh, burnt, burnt orange for Texas. It's very clear. Then you have Boston College. You watch a Boston College game when the fans are there, 
And it's like a rainbow of different colors because everyone has different colors that Boston College has on. They have their gold. They have maroon. They have black. They have gray. It's, it, it's all over the place. You don't have any consistency anywhere. Now, this hasn't always been the case. Up until about five years, I think it must have been about five years ago, the student section would always wear gold. I, when I was a student there, I had my super fan shirt. They, every student was given a super fan shirt during orientation, and they kept and wore it. Now, that was cool. Now, you had a whole section of Alumni Stadium or Conti Forum or Kelly Rank covered in gold because that was what the students wore. Now, recently, that went away because, according to what I heard, kids had started to hear that campus police were uh, targeting them because they could tell by the slogan on the back who was of age to drink and who wasn't, so they were getting nailed for underage drinking. I don't know if that's true or not, but it sounds like something that could happen. Now, regardless of if that is the case or not, the, the shirts have gone away. You don't see students wearing them anymore. And that has taken that piece of nostalgia away from BC sports. Now you no longer have at least a part of the stadium, the part of the forum covered in gold. Now you have everyone in just a, a you know, array of colors. BC needs to get back on that. And I, you know, I, I don't know how, if, if it's the police thing, they need to figure out a way to get kids to wear it and just get rid of the slogans if you have to. But every student should be wearing those colors. I wished, I, you know, graduates also received maroon colors, alumni super fans. Those shirts kind of went away. I didn't particularly like those, but what I would love to see, is, this is what I think Boston College should do. They need to figure out how to get the Superfan shirts back on kids because that was good. You get the gold outs for those areas, great. Then you need to have a theme for clothing for each game. So per se, you're playing Louisville at home and that game is going to be a maroon game. You need to tell all of the fans to wear their maroon stuff. And you're not going to get everyone. Some fans are just going to be like, I don't want to do this and just do whatever they're doing anyways. Fine. But what you're going to do is you're going to get a majority of the fans, the fans that really care, to wear those colors. And by doing that, you get some content. You get some continuity in the stadium, and that'll look good. It'll 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 pop for fans and recruits on TV. It'll make the the uh, the home atmosphere seem much more intense. So do that, like for every game and for every sport, you know. Maybe basketball, once it gets going, it'll get more colors. You know, you, you can do that. You can do a maroon day. You can do a gold day. Heck, you could have the athletic department do blackout days. I know they don't do that at Boston College, but I, I think it's cool when other schools do it. Maybe give out promotional shirts with BC and the black colors or whatever. Do the red bandana days. You you can figure it out to make it so that though the fans' inability to pick out a color, you take that away. And make it much more easy for them to figure it out. And maybe to do it, to get fans to do it, if they follow through, you give them a little something like a little chotsky or something when they come in, whether you know, like a BC keychain. That way you get the get the tradition going. You get it, you get it moving. So just my thoughts, because I BC needs whatever it can get to get the fan base energized, to get the fan base, 
you know, united at these games because we don't have at Boston College the uh, the the diehardness at, at the level that you get at some of these big programs where you don't have to do this kind of thing at Texas A&M. You don't have to do this kind of thing at, you know, uh, Ohio State because the fans just do what they're going to do and it looks good no matter what. But BC can figure out ways to make this special. So bring back the student section and the golds and theme it for the other, other fans and, and make it worth their while to do it. So that's just my thought. You know, when there's not a lot of news, I'm always thinking BC stuff. And that was just one thing that was going through through my mind. Now, do you have something else? Do you think, hey, I have a better idea how to do this? Hit me up on Twitter, at LockedOnBC. I'd love to hear what you're going to th- say. Also, um, so we have a few new things site-wise that you're going to want to check out. I'm going to reveal by the end of this week, I'm going to get a, a hotline number for our our podcast where you can call in and leave voicemails that we can play on the air you can also leave text messages for our mailbags it's going to be free as it'll be through google voice it'll be super easy to use um that's gonna be a lot of fun well it'll add more of a um you know back and forth between us so we can have other voices on the air you can hear some of the people who who have things to say uh, we'll have to check that out. So that's going to be coming out. Uh, so check that. Wait for me. I'll have that on one of the later podcasts this week that's coming. And then also I'm going to be doing for BC Bulletin a newsletter. And it's through Twitter. It's super easy. Um, and if you've signed up at BC Bulletin, you're going to be automatically getting it. So if you don't want it, you can easily unsubscribe. You can just spam. It doesn't bother me if you do that. Um, but what it does is just going to kind of give you a condensed di- digest version of everything Boston College from the week. I'm going to send it once a week. It'll have just like, you know, eight stories that I thought was interesting because I know we're all super busy, but I want to make sure you guys are all caught up on BC Sports. So that'll be a new feature that's coming as well. Well, this is AJ Black. Uh, We will be back tomorrow to preview BC and Wake Forest basketball. Hopefully we'll find out who the hockey opponent will be for this weekend and any other news that's coming out for Boston College. And, you know, maybe I'll have some other thoughts about some other things that will come up as well. So make sure you subscribe and like us on on, uh, wherever you get your podcasts. And we'll see you all again tomorrow. Take care, everyone.